Here we go again. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Neat on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, Brandon, and boys. Today, we are going to recap UFC 282, and man, did the judging definitely show out last night. <laughs> We've got a lot to talk about there, boys. Then we will set you guys up with our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Fight Night, headlined by Sean Strickland versus Jared Candonier. 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 <laughs> And finally, per usual, all the news and happenings in the world of mixed martial arts. But first, boys, the problem is I completely forgot to pull up my show notes, and they are like, I usually have to blow them up, like max size, just to read them. <laughs> so I'm going to do that right now while you guys you ever, say hello to everybody. I wonder, Nate, do you ever like have like nightmares that you just like delete your show notes before an episode or something like that, and you just have to riff the whole thing? No, never. Never? I would never make that mistake. How do you think you do? Well, if you guys saw how many notes I make, I'd probably freak out. <laughs> There's only about probably two to three hours that goes into these things every week. So I want that to happen. 17 paragraphs <laughs> gone. I have um, I have done it where I've been like typing and like I'll have everything highlighted and I'll hit like the P button and then <laughs> everything goes away. But usually you can just edit, undo it, and it right. comes back. So, yeah. But what's up, boys? How are we doing uh, coming in, landing this big plane that we call 2022? Pretty soon, yeah. You think We're getting it's gonna, to the end? I think it's going to end light, and then now we just have uh, issues on issues to talk about. But we did get to decorate some sweet cookies last night. Yeah, I redeemed myself yeah. from our gingerbread stuff. Yeah, I think he was thinking about that all year, talking to himself in the in the mirror, telling Abby like, "Hey, this year, show up because we need to have a better showing for ourselves." I liked my cookies. Did you like your cookies? They were okay. What was your favorite design that you did? Um, honestly, uh, probably the jujitsu one. The, the blue belt the one? Yeah, the blue belt. Nice. Boy, I'll tell you, this is some riveting stuff off the top, but we have to jump right into <laughs> it, boys. Uh, but before we do, we do want to announce that this Saturday... Does my mic sound weird? No. To you guys? Something sounds really weird in my headphones. Maybe it's just my headphones. Uh, boys... Uh, we do want to announce that uh, kind of our year of the end schedule, I'll say... Next Monday, we will have an episode um, recapping this coming UFC uh, fight night with Candonier and Strickland. Strickland. Um, and then John's actually been flirting with this game idea that he's had, so we're going to have him lead us in that. So it'll be me versus Brandon, because you guys always talk about how I don't. So I'm actually going to make John do it. Um, but then uh, the following Monday is Christmas, so no episode. Um, but then that Wednesday, December 28th, will be our award show, mm -hmm. um, all of our year-end awards. So make sure, because um, I think most people go back after yeah. Chris. Some jobs like ours, you're off that whole week, but I think most people go back to work. Brandon, do you go back to work? Yeah, I'm back on the 20th. Well, the 27th. 25th. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, there will be content that week, but just want to start. We'll, 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 we will remind you a couple times leading up to it, but Wednesday, December 28th, no Monday episode that week uh, for Christmas. Um, John, before we get into UFC 282, rate, sub, follow, let the people know. Hey, you got an iPhone? Well, if you do, you probably have Apple Podcasts. 
Go into there, type in Neon Belly Podcast, look us up, give us five stars, leave us a review. Even if you don't, if you don't have a family member who listens, tell them to do it too. Make that your Christmas gift for us. Um, if you have Spotify, you can give us a five star review or a five star. Um, we're on uh, the socials, Neon Belly Podcast on IG. We're on YouTube. We're on TikTok. We're everywhere. So any feedback helps us, and we'd love to have some some sweet ideas and interactions going into next year. So please be sure to reach out if you have anything that you would like us to talk about, or if you have any feelings on what we've been doing. We'd love to hear it. Boys, here we go. UFC 282. Are you ready to unpack all of this? Um, live from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Nevada, home of the world's longest what, Brandon? The uh, Morse code. The code. Is it Morse code? Telegram? Morse code, yep. Telegram. Good job. Yeah. You, you were halfway listening. Boys, <laughs> Magomed Ankalaev versus Jan Blachowicz ends in a split draw. One judge scoring this fight for Magomed, one judge giving the fight to Jan, and one judge scoring it a draw, giving Jan's round one and th- one through three. Magomed round four and five, but scoring a 10-8 for Magomed in the fifth. Um, seems like to me this fight really came down to what was a very close round, uh, well, rounds, I should say, one and three. Kind of seems to be where a lot of the issue in this scoring comes from. Um, I think either of those rounds could have gone either way. However, on the rewatch this morning, I felt like round three was yawns. Um, for me, given the damage with the leg kicks being the most significant and damaging moments, not just of the round, possibly of the whole fight up to that moment. Um, but re-watching, I did score round one for Magomed. Um, he was the one pressing forward, landing more, and doing a good job with those front kicks to the body as well that whole round. Um, just seemed like he was the one who was kind of controlling the fight early. Um, but your guys' thoughts on another decision that has just left us as fans a bit confused. Um, and I would say even both fighters in the cage, as Magomed definitely thought he did enough to win, and Jan definitely making it clear that he did not think he won that fight. Mm-hmm. Um even basically said, like, no, he won. You know, give him the belt, I think was his exact words. So your guys' thoughts. Yeah, I definitely, so I haven't rewatched it. Let me preface this. But um, my, I remember still thinking at the end, like, just leaning towards uh, Magomed. And especially, the round one, I just genuinely don't have much of a recollection of. From what I can remember, I felt like Jan was getting off some decent shots. Round two and three were definitely Jan in my book. But I do feel that, four and five especially i just think the way that fifth round ended mm-hmm. um i don't know man I, i'm just leaning magomed um but i do think the bigger strikes initially were landed by yon but that fourth and fifth round was just so big because there was the big thing for me too was yon from what i can re- remember had zero strikes mm-hmm. in the fifth and maybe and even the, the fourth, fourth yeah, yeah. That to me again, that's why i'm just kind of leaning magomed overall but but if it was just for two rounds that you think magomed won this fight I would argue that the fifth was a 10-8. I mean, you could argue that. Yeah. So, therefore, what is the issue? Where is the controversy? It's like, I just almost feel like the end of the fight was so dominant by Magomed with the takedowns. Because even in that third round, he didn't get that takedown until, like, right at the end. Right. And up until that point, it was a lot of leg kicks. Obviously, you know, um, the right leg was compromised already at that point. And then Jan landing. Then because Magomed switching stances, right, mm-hmm. trying to go orthodox. Um, and then Jan just starts eating up that lead left leg. And then... Before you know it, in the middle of that round, both legs completely... I mean, that's when Magomed kind of did the stumble back. Um, 
And he did. And then I think about how, and then there was a lot of clinch stuff. You know, Magomed was pressing Jan against the cage, not really doing any damage, not taking him down. Mm-hmm. Um, did Like I said, at the end of the round, he did score. But to me, that's not enough to steal the round when the most damage and the most significant moment of that round was the leg kicks, which ultimately stifled Magomed's walking almost. So if so would you so you're giving four or five Magomed. Are you giving two and three Dion? Yeah. So yeah. round one is you're giving I think it's round comes down to round one for my money. I would lean a little bit more Magomed. Like I said, I just felt like he was the one kind of leading the dance. He was pushing forward. He was coming he was landing the combos. Like I said, those front kicks to the body to me were noticeable early. Obviously Jan was getting off some good like it was a close, like razor thin round. And that's what I'm saying is even if you're sitting here today saying, well you I think Jan won the first, I, I don't see how you think Magomed won that third round. So that's what I'm saying like I think there's a lot of confusion with the judging, which we'll get to in a minute, but I think there's also a lot of confusion with fans and people watching because it's like, well, you can't have one and the other because I don't think Jan can't win round three and then you say he won round one because that just doesn't, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just very confusing. The whole thing is confusing, but I just think there's there's a couple outliers to me that just kind of point it in one direction. Yeah, I think the inconsistency with the judging is what makes it so confusing because you had the guy who gave it a draw, 10A did the fifth for Magomed, and then the person who gave it to Magomed gave him a 10, but the person who gave it to Jan only 10 and 9 did. And then that's also the same person who gave Jan 1 through 3. Yes. Um, And and I agree. From what I remember, uh, I definitely thought Jan had 2 and 3. I definitely thought Magomed had 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. 5 definitely had potential to be a 10-8. Sure. Um, there wasn't as much. He started opening up a little bit more with the ground and pound in the fifth round. That's what, what really did it for me. Yeah. Um, but the first round, not having as much recollection of it, I do, I do think it's close. Right. So I don't think the fact that it, it was a close fight is what is is so confusing, but it's the fact that the judges aren't even close to the same page on this, and they saw the same fight. Did you guys, yeah, I mean, and did you guys watch Dana's? Not yeah. really. I haven't seen much of it. So his big thing was just, from, from what I could tell, based on his reaction, it just seemed very boring. Did you guys I, sense it was... I've got a whole thing. Oh, yeah, I will get to that okay. in a minute. Let's okay. stick to the judging right now, because as John was saying, um, that was atrocious. Um, all over the place. All three judges' scorecards were different. Um, made None of them even make sense. Like, when you look at all three of them together, it's like... How do three separate people watching the same fight get it so wrong and so different? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Even if they're not wrong, right? Like, how are they that different? You know, it'd be one thing if we saw all three of them the same way as we'll get to in the Patty fight. Um, but that wasn't the case. Because at least if they're all the same, we can look back and go back and specifically like, okay, they all gave him that first round. I thought that, for, you know what I'm saying? Right. They all gave him the third round. And um, I can go maybe watch that a little differently or whatever. But they're just all over. And I think that's where the frustration frustrations with us fans come comes from um and that's where something has to really be done because uh clearly the judges and and frustration for the fans but can't imagine to the fighters which i'll get to in a minute but you know something has to be done um to this point um because they if they can't get on the same page and they see the clearly they're seeing the criteria different right 
Does that mm-hmm. make sense? You guys see what right. I'm saying? Like they're interpreting the rules or what damage or what control is differently. And like I said, it has to absolutely suck for the fighters who um, are really supposed to know what they're looking to do to win. Like, mm-hmm. what do I have to do? And I know the argument is, well, don't leave it to the judges. But that excuse is so dried up to me that I'm just kind of sick of hearing that. This, yeah, I don't like you that know, one. Yeah, I mean, we're entering, you know, they're just promoted. We're entering the 30th year of this organization, right? Mm-hmm. We can't keep making this excuse that we were making in the early 2000s of, don't leave it to the judges. You know, every fighter goes in wanting to finish, but unfortunately they're all facing the best in the world at what they do. And that doesn't always happen. So they deserve to have a system in place that consistently delivers and rewards on fighting fight winning performances that don't end in finishes. Cause it's, it's a part yeah. of this sport. It's never going away. And these guys in particular, they were, pre- they were prepared for a three round fight. They didn't get a chance to prepare for five rounds. So, right. you know, if this is a three-round fight, Jan wins easy, and we're talking about, you know, something completely different. Yeah. So, that's it, that's, it, that's in, you know, that sucks for them because, you know, and then with Magomed being able to to draw out those last rounds, even with the legs compromised, shows, you know, his, um, his endurance and his stamina and the way he's able to push through things. But, you know, you can't even exp- – you couldn't even expect it too much from – a five round fight when these guys were preparing for three where you got to go quick burn you don't have time to you know take your time and set stuff up it kind of changes things i think that's one of the most unfortunate things that got lost in all of this that would have been a storyline um if magomed did win is that is him digging deep in Mm -hmm. those championship rounds for a guy that's never been there um with seemingly or he's been in the late rounds but not in a championship fight Sorry, guys. I'm really sick. I'm trying to power through it. Sorry. I'm, I'm like getting choked up by my own mucus. Uh, but Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> but digging deep in those championship rounds with seemingly both legs compromised. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he completely switched up his game plan in that third round, found found a way to steal those late rounds, and in some people's opinion, even stole the fight. You know, um, it maybe should have... Uh, it. I don't know. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just Mm -hmm. one of those things where I just think that whole aspect got lost in that when it's like, man, this guy going into his first ever fight was able to do that. And that's crazy against a guy with no legs, essentially. And he should have had that game plan going from the beginning. Like, I don't, that was the whole thing for me. Like, he should have been wrestling from round one. But that's another discussion. Yeah, if all judges called this a draw, I'd be like, you know what, ten eight, the, the fifth, one through three for Jan. Yeah, you could you could math that, mm-hmm. but the inconsistencies in the in the way that they were viewing the rounds one and three specifically were just here's the other thing. Too one, much. one more thing on the judging, and Luke Thomas talked a little bit about this in his post fight stuff. Is the only way that because that's the commission, the only way mm-hmm. that changes is literally through writing into your officials yes. and getting a hold of the governor. You got to change to yeah. come in and make that change. It's not as simple as like, oh, we need better judges or sure. anything like that. Like that's such a big change in terms of the infrastructure and nobody's really willing to do that kind of work it's just so long overdue too and that's Mm -hmm. the frustrating thing is how many times have we sat here i mean just this is only our second year doing this and how many times have we sat here talking about inconsistencies and judging and when is this going to change but then the question becomes like is it just the is it just the nevada commission is it the new york commission do you think the nevada leads the dance on most fight commissions anyway so i think for a real change to happen it does some of that does fall on the Nevada Commission to make that change because if they make it, I think the rest of the world will kind of follow because right. that's typically just how it goes anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, just like I said, can't um, can't help but feeling a bit there. I mean, really for both guys, but especially Magomed, like I said, because I feel like to, to really dig deep like that is, man, that 
I couldn't imagine with how compromised mm-hmm. uh, his legs with were. I mean, but uh, some suggesting immediately after the fight that a rematch was a must, or you know maybe that Magomed should even fight Glover for the light heavyweight title. During his fo- post fight presser, though, Dana White announcing that the vacant light heavyweight title will now be contested at UFC 283 in Rio on January 21st. Um, so what do you guys think about this? You know, is it fair for them, you know, to move on completely from Ankalaev and Blahovich and also take Jamal Hill from his opponent, Anthony Smith, a fight that was scheduled to happen in March. Plus now that's the new main event. So Figueredo and Moreno four is getting moved to the co-main. So you're taking those guys out of a main event spot. Um, does make that card stronger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say that, um, adding those two plus a title fight to it. Um, but just what are your guys' thoughts on that announcement that um, that's going to be the new title fight? I think it's this whole situation is so crazy with the Yuri stuff and then, you know, Glover not wanting to step in and then this fight happening how it happened that it's hard to say, well, in the past, this, this, and this has happened because this stuff has never happened altogether. Um, especially now in, in a sense of saying, oh, well, since they, these guys didn't get it done in the interim, which I don't know if this is an emotional thing from Dana, from how he felt about how the fight went, because we've had other fights that were closer you know, could have been a draw or whatever. And he's been like, yeah, you know, let's run that back. But his opinion on how this fight went seems to have pushed him to do something he never do or never does, which is making a fight night of the fights um, for the, this new interim fight. So it is very interesting. I don't know about what's, what's fair. I don't know about what is the best move. I love the fight of Glover and Jamal Hill. And I think getting Glover a chance to fight in Brazil is really great for him. And he's done a lot for the organization. So I get that side of it, but it's all very, very, very just new and interesting. What do you think? Should they like maybe held out for a rematch between these two? Or do you think maybe there's even a case that Ankalaev versus Glover should have been the next fight? Because clearly they didn't want to do uh, Glover yawn because that was something that Glover said that he would fight yawn and they weren't interested in that. Um, so personally, I didn't think the yawn Magomedo fight or Uncle Magomedo, geez, Uncle Live fight was uh, particularly great. So I'm actually okay with the Hill Glover fight. I love that fight and I'm really not looking forward to Figgy Moreno 12. <laughs> so um, I'm completely okay with all that. The only thing I guess that would have been, I would have been okay with otherwise is I do think Uncle Live, I, I lean towards him anyways and so did Yawn. I think if you were going to plug anybody else in for that title fight, I, I would it should have been him. Um, but we still have to kind of see where he's going to go after this because he's clearly not very happy with the way that all ended. I do get it. As like I said, it does add another big fight to the Rio card and a title fight at that. And um, I mean, also, who knows how long Jan and Magomed may, may be sidelined after a fight like that, right, for both mm-hmm. guys. And that division does need and deserve a champion while we wait for Yuri's return. I just, like you guys are saying, did not like the tone of Dana's post-fight press conference. Um or in his post-fight press conference about the fight. Um, You know, instead of the conversation being about the atrocious and inconsistent judging, you know, he seemed to be more let down by the fight itself, almost insinuating that it was a boring fight. And I know, Brandon, you just said that, and I just think that's crazy. Um, By saying that he, you know, kind of, I think his direct quote was, I kind of tuned it out by the third round. Um, And, you know, Jan was, let's look at the fight. Jan was executing a fantastic game plan with the leg kicks, and Magomed dug deep and fought through that to score those big takedowns late, which, like I said, cannot imagine how tough those takedowns were with literally Mm -hmm. no legs under him. I mean, his legs were purple, Mm -hmm. both of them. 
I just hope that Dana just remembers that these guys both stepped up, saved this card by accepting a five-round fight when they were both had been training for three. And yes, a big prize was on the line, but it has to change the approach for both fighters. There's no way you're going to mm -hmm. approach a three-round fight when you've been, you know, training or a, a five-round fight the same way you would a three-round. And that's what they were training for. So it changes everything. Mm -hmm. um, so while I'm not super against them moving on, I just didn't care for the way that I at least perceived his negative comments towards the fight and why they aren't going to run it back with Jan Magomed or give one of them preferably Magomed to Glover mm -hmm. and that's kind of my whole thing on his take on it I just right. I didn't like the negativity like dude remember what these guys just did for, yeah you know I so I do agree. I don't believe I do believe that the emphasis should be on the judges themselves not so much the fighters but I just think overall this was the final card of the year pay-per-view card in, in the grand scheme of what we've seen this entire year and this card leading up to these last two fights it was just kind of like a I mean when you really sit down and think about it I'd be interested to have this conversation a few months removed rather than 12 hours to see what mm -hmm. you think because I think when you go back and look at it it's like yeah yeah they did come up on short notice five sure. rounds instead of three but overall in the grand scope of what a five round title fight has looked like sure. a i.e yuri and glover it was decent but I, we've seen I, a I lot better uh, yeah i mean I, yeah hey i mean i don't sit here saying that you know it was a like crazy barn burner fight but i also think if these guys had been training three four months for a title fight specifically in a main event spot that fight does look completely different mm -hmm. like i said when you're literally finding out a week and a half two weeks before your fight that hey not only are you a main event now but that the title's on the line i mean that's mm -hmm. huge and it changes everything to the point where we literally saw magomed in the middle of the fight switch up his whole game plan you mm -hmm. know what i mean he didn't even prepare the same way that he ended the fight which is a sign of a good fight I mean, I, I very few people do we see do that. I mean, how many times we sit and we're just like, why does he keep doing the same thing? You know what right. I mean? So credit to him on that. But it's just, yeah, I just think it does kind of, I think you have to adjust the narrative a bit towards how good the fight was when you look at everything behind it. Too. No, I understand that. Yeah. That, that was just kind of my whole thing is like, like I said, was it this crazy, like we're going to be talking about it <laughs> even in three months or mm -hmm. no, no, but it, it wasn't a bad fight for what it was either. Right. And to, and to have those statements made about them in this title fight and these guys giving everything they had into the last second. But then you might praise uh, Kevin Holland for stepping in against Hamza who gets dusted in 13 seconds. Yeah. That, that just shows like your fighters like, hey, unless you're you know doing something or making something like a highlight, yeah. you're not going to get appreciated nearly as much in my opinion. Well, and he always says, I don't book fights the night of fights or, you know, right after or whatever. And so the fact that he did that, like I said, just the whole tone of it was like, you know what you do? You do, you take two, two badasses. They're going to knock each other. You know what I mean? Right. That just, he didn't say that, but like, that was just kind of like the, there's no way this will be a boring fight. Mm -hmm. You know, that was just kind of how I perceived it. And I think some other people are as well. So mm -hmm. that was just the piece. Like I said, unfortunate man, but this is what, um, this is kind of where MMA is heading, man, unfortunately, with the judging, and it's going to continue right here uh, into our co-main event as Patty the Batty Pimblet defeating Jared Gordon via unanimous decision, 29-28. Um, at least every judge saw it the same, scored it the same. Like I said, agree with it or not, at least there was some consistency here within the inconsistency. Yeah. Um, and just when you thought, you know, it couldn't get worse, there it is. Uh, the only clear round in this one to me was round three for Jared Gordon. I told you guys what? going into the third, I felt what? like rounds one and two, they were close. Oh, my God. I mean, you guys both disagreed, so I guess we'll start yeah. there. What was your thoughts on rounds one and two? Why I... did you so clearly? Because here's the thing. Even if if you ask me today, I agree with the 29-28 for Jared Gordon, but you, I can't sit here okay. and say clearly I thought he 
dominated both rounds. Did you rewatch it? Yes. Round one. How in the world do you give round one to Patty? I'll give you. I'll even give you three, maybe two. How do you give round one to Patty? Explain that to me. I did. So here's my thought. I thought, especially round one, I thought uh, Jared was landing the bigger shots, right? The bigger punches. Way bigger. But Patty was the one pressing forward. He was blitzing in with combos. He was landing kicks at the end of his combos. He was landing more kicks. He outstruck Jared Gordon slightly. But he did outstrike Jared Gordon in this fight. And Gordon landed a takedown in that first round too, right? You know, I had some three. control time. In the first round. Oh, in the first round, no. Or uh, in the first round, I don't... He landed one right at the end, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. He yeah. ended up on but, top of him. But he did nothing with it. And as we've been told, if you're not doing damage, they're not going to score takedowns like that. So how many... And Patty was the one that initiated in that... Or when he, they hit the ground... Gordon didn't do anything, and Patty instantly went for like that kind of mission control. How many? Position. So how many shots did Patty that Patty threw in that first round? These flurries you're talking about actually landed clean versus were blocked or? I think or a hit? lot more than you think. Like rewatching, mm, no. that's what I'm trying to say. Like I, I think you would be really surprised rewatching. No, I think no. Absolutely, and not. he landed like a couple really big head kicks in there as well. Um, but then in round two, that rear naked choke off the cage was probably the closest either man came to finishing this fight. To me, that was Patty's biggest moment. Was that was that? And it moment. was the biggest moment of the whole fight. Not even just Patty's biggest moment. Mm -hmm. Who who came close? Here's the thing. Patty's got a chin. We can get to the chin and, and the, the defensive stuff in a minute, but yeah, like if you're going to sit there and eat those punches, he never even dropped to a knee. He never took a step backwards. Nobody's he consistently getting rocked. We, like you're said, you're a can, punching bag for like two said, and a half we rounds. Can, we can get to that, but I'm just saying, like when you're looking at everything, is who, nothing that Jared Gordon did ever looked like it had Patty in trouble. Mm, you don't think any of those shots you were like, no. oh, I'm, I'm t I rewatched it today. Not one of them did Patty really stumble back. There was one early in the first round where he didn't really stumble back. He kind of just spun, like, stepped off and kind of, like, reset a little bit. Mm. Um, but no, man, like, and I mean, I don't know if it's good chin. Maybe Gordon, those power, those shots weren't as powerful. But I feel like even watching it, and that might have been kind of what the judges were seeing was when Patty was blitzing forward, it was a lot of Gordon moving backwards, shelling up, and, and some shots getting through. I mean, Patty landed like a really nice uppercut at one point that I missed watching it last night as well. Um, like I said, for my money, I would still probably, if, if you asked me even today, knowing what I know, and I watched that fight, I'd be like, yeah, I still think Jared Gordon won in the second round. Um, I, I, But I also can't sit here and say like it wasn't a close fight either. This is how I feel about it. In watching the fight, because I've only watched it once, and obviously you're in the moment, I what I saw was... Jared Gordon landing the left hand at will whenever he wanted a lot, and they were the big cleaner shots. And what I felt like I was seeing was Patty trying to throw a lot of head kicks that were hitting arms, trying to blitz. Into no. I'm telling you what I saw. Yeah, you fine. can't tell me what no, I saw. That's man. fine. No, that's fine. But I'm what saying that's I, what not I'm true. seeing is he didn't land. A lot of them were hitting the arms. A lot of these blitzing shots weren't landing because he wasn't setting them up. And then he eventually got to landing a couple more in the second. And then the third, he got held up against the cage and didn't do anything yeah, with it. Yeah, the third, definitely the clearest, like I said, round. But what you saw um, was not what it I mean, he landed some really big head kicks. And but, if you're going to say that that Gordon's shots didn't do anything, neither did Patty's. Right, yeah, so I was, I was so just about to So you got to give that. more credit for me to the cleaner but shots. But it comes down to the argument that we've had all the time is 
judging volume versus singular power shots. I mean, Jared, Jared Gordon outstruck him totally. Did Jared? I, no, one hundred and ninety-seven. You're looking at ESPN, aren't you, John? I mean, that's Get where the stats the ESPN, are. At. John, where are you we, getting your stats from? UFC stats. Go to UFC. UFC's stats. UFC sites aren't it's, any better. It's the official like stat site. If if you anybody that covers the sport uses that website, nobody mm-hmm. uses ESPN. We've had this talk a million. I times. I mean, unless you're counting them, nobody knows exactly. Well. Fair enough, John. But if you're going to reference those, at least reference a better site. ESPN's terrible. We've been down this road many times. Patty slightly outstruck Jared Gordon. I can pull it up um, while we talk about it. But he did slightly outstrike him in this fight. I think it was like 63 to 54 but in I total. Just, it was very, very slim market. But looking, That's signature fight. Signature strikes. I'm talking about total is what I was saying. But looking at, at just looking at the numbers, that is not the story that's told through watching the fight. Like sure. I, yeah, and I—that's I, why I don't totally reference. I mean, and that, John's the numbers guy. I don't always go to the numbers because, like, I do think that they do tell a different story. But, I, I, like I said, I'm still agreeing with you guys. If I had to put money on it, but I can at least get more behind this because at least there's a consistent scorecard to go back and look what maybe they saw. It's called a shared delusion. That's what that is. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> but I'm just saying I can at least go back and look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. No. I just this to me was just I. I don't know. I was so taken aback. Like, this to me was more surprising. Well, I don't know if I'd say it was more surprising than the draw. The draw was a weird one. I, I just think, it, like I said, one watch, it felt like Patty did land some stuff, not nearly as much big stuff as Jared Gordon, and Jared Gordon was able to dominate him in the third round, so I felt like it so was Pat, an easier so, call. So Jared landed 100 to 97, so he had three more total strikes, Patty outlanding him in significant strikes, but, I mean, like I said, I mean... The so no- wait, Patty had 100? No, Jared had 100, Patty had 97 in total. at the end, in total. Right. Patty had more significant. But, I mean, even just looking, at, even if you just look at the numbers. What dude, was like the, what's every, the accuracy say? Everything is, like, so razor thin accuracy. Um, they just give the percentage of, like, significant strikes. Uh, Patty's was 40, Jared's was 57. Yeah, so he had a higher percentage landed. I don't really, I say, I don't really totally, yeah, Patty definitely threw a lot more. But... Even going through like the head, everything is like super close. Well, you have control time and you have takedowns for as sure. Well. Three takedowns, six minutes of control time, which most of that being in the fifth round. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I just felt hey. my one watch. I just felt like Patty didn't do. Dude. Patty got outfought. Is what Here's, I. Felt I do like. have a question about this. Like I, I want to. I don't want to like jump into it yet. I want to get. I want to finish our little segment where sure. we're talking about. But I have a question about Patty. So like, what, what Nate, especially you, what would you like coming away from this fight? What's your takeaway from Patty? My biggest takeaway for me is that Patty has to improve defensively striking. Um, He got hit a lot and with some really big shots, um, and he can't keep going on like that, Um, especially as the competition gets tougher. Um, I'm not even close to being a striking expert, but anyone with eyes can see hands low, chin straight up in the air. I mean, to the point where his corner is like, Patty, hands up, and he's like, oh. like He's literally like adjusting, you know, his hands up. Um, but especially after his combinations, that chin, every time after he threw a big combo, the chin was up in the air, and that's when Cor- Gordon especially was having so much success with those big counter lefts. He was ab- uh, absorbing Patty's pressure, and then Patty not defensively sound enough, bam, big left hand on the exit. Um, But it's almost like he intentionally puts that chin out there to be hit. I mean, it's nuts. And like we mentioned, um, you know, credit to him because he was taking some shots, man. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I don't know if you attribute that to a lack of Gordon's power, but we've seen Gordon hit guys and them go down. Um, But this is a guy in Pimblet with 23 professional fights, right? And to still be making those major mistakes is not – 
good. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. and it's something that he has to fix right now because he will not be able to get away with that anymore. And I think if he comes into his next fight, depending on who the opponent is, obviously, you never know who they're going to give him. But if he doesn't improve on that, he will get knocked out. I mean, I, I just think um, that, that's just my overall assessment. If mm-hmm. if the defense is – forget everything else. I think he's talented – I really do. He does some things that I really like. I told you guys with his back against the cage, like he is dangerous. He's got some slick stuff. I think his striking isn't bad, especially his kicks are nice. Obviously, we know how good he is on the ground. But defensively, if that does not get better, he will. I mean, forget what we think. I mean, he'll just never be a champion, man. You cannot mm-hmm. get hit like that against Chandler, Poirier, Gaethje, Oliveira. I mean, even Islam. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you, you can't get hit like that, man. It's just not going to happen. You can't sustain like that. I I think that Patty has some fight IQ stuff to get right, when especially on the defensive side, and and, and that's why I feel like Gordon just had a better fight. I thought he outfought him. I'm not saying he he had the stronger strikes or you know had the blitzes, but I felt like he fought like a veteran. He knew in the especially in the third round, you know the only way Patty wins this fight now is to hit me with something big, keep that away. And I thought he dodged a lot of the big power shots very very well, and Patty didn't do that. Um, so I do think that if Patty isn't Patty, I don't know if he gets this decision, if it's just another, a regular, like undercard but you fight. I say that because like I said, I said going into the third round, it, I'm, I'm just telling you guys, like I said, I said going into the third round, I think you can make a case for Patty in the first two. I'm not saying I'm, my opinion is gold, but I'm just saying if I could see that there's no reason why three other, ju- I mean, clearly three other judges saw it. I'm just, well, here's what else I'll say. Almost everything I've seen online is there's a lot, a lot, a lot of credible people who thought that this was a super robbery. Dude, I, I see. I think that's crazy. You, like I said, you can't say those. those <laughs> I mean, rounds, you can though. No, those it's, rounds it's, were not that one sided. To you, I think they were. To me, when I watched it, that's what I oh, saw. My, the numbers don't even support that. Because here's the other thing: judges don't get to look at it another day, right? And I, people who are giving their John, opinions don't John, get to look at it twice. Going into the third round, I said this is a close fight. I, that right. was same day. But a lot of other people said it was a robbery. But I'm, I know, but to me, that's crazy and to them you're crazy that, i mean that's fine but i'm just saying and these if, are like if real if, credible people right. fighters and journalists. i guess me siding with the judges isn't the greatest thing in the world <laughs> but i'm just saying if three other human beings that are judging this fight uh saw it the same way once again we're, we're arguing something that i'm saying as i sit here today mm-hmm. for my money even on the rewatch even as it's going to decision i've my money would have been on gordon i just said going into that third round this is a close fight and i could see those first two rounds having gone to pass. and here's my other thing i really didn't like Dana's comments on this fight. Yeah, dude, What'd he, he was real critical. He basically of Gordon. said Gordon had a stupid, uh, a stupid oh, game yeah. plan going into yeah, the third he said he round. Gave the fight away. Gave the fight away. Didn't do anything. Kind of. Yeah, it was silly. And let me say that. And like, and I've even seen Pat, seen Patty in a couple. He did a lot of interviews last night with some different media outlets. And and in every single one of them, he's like, people just don't like me. That's all it is. I don't know why people don't like me. I love Patty Pimblett. You guys know that. I mean, right. I was so big. I mean, I still am. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I like him. I think he's fun. He's a good character. Love. He got on the mic again, you know, talked about his new charity and wanting mm-hmm. to work with Jerry Gordon. I think Patty is a fantastic guy. I really think he's a good guy. Um, even despite some of the Ariel Hawani stuff, which we can get to a little bit in the news, you know, I, which I don't totally agree with everything there. But I'm just saying, like, I think he's a good dude. This has nothing. Right. I'm just judging what I'm seeing in the fights, you know. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's a lot of things that he has to get better at if he really is going to go to that next level. And, I mean, who do you give him next? Well, when you have him as a co-main on the pay-per-view, too, it's like at what point, like, yeah. what? 
when do we give him a ranked guy? Like yeah. we can't, I don't want to keep seeing Patty against sure. these guys, you know, in the co-main for. Well, and, and even like some of the post fight, like fight of the night, that was fight of the night. And it's like, whoa, no, <laughs> like, you know, maybe to Nate, but to, I didn't, I'm well, not saying it was fight of the night. I'm and all, to say he's comfortable through the two rounds so he could coast in the third is kind of crazy too. Cause sure. as much as you're saying it's close, how is his corner not saying like, Hey man. Yeah. I didn't really hear what the corner was saying to him, but I, like I said, once again, for my money, Jared Gordon won that fight. Even sitting here today, knowing what I know, having watched it twice, I still think there's a case. I'm just saying there's also a case for Patty. I've, that's all I'm saying. Um, I don't want to see an MMA sport where Patty wins that fight. I'll put it that way. Right. I think if anything, if you want my opinion on how the sport should be judged, I would like to have seen that decision go to Jared Gordon. Why? It was close. I just... I mean that, but that's the thing. Like if you that I'm still. If it was close, then you feel right. But I'm not saying Patty won. I'm just saying like because I do put more. um, But you see, you don't think it was a robbery. No. Because to me, if it was a robbery, then yeah, you don't want to see that outcome. But if you feel like yeah, I could see a case for Patty, then who cares? I mean every. I mean every bad decision you could say is a robbery. Then, but in terms of like this was not like a super one sided affair. No. Except for the third round, that was the only time where I thought, oh boy, this is getting real. Like if that was a five round fight. Jared Gordon wins that fight because yeah. Patty, I think, was cardio was down, confidence was down. I think Gordon was just getting kind of heated up, and, and you know he was kind of growing into it, and he was starting to look like the better fighter. And but, I think it doesn't help that this felt like a late. This was supposed to be an alley oop for Patty to have a big moment in a co-main. Sure, and instead he got into the toughest fight he's had in the UFC. I agree. Anyone you guys would like to see him face next before we move on? I think the only winnable fight for him is Tony Ferguson. To be honest, you think it's winnable? I think, I think that's the only winnable fight. one. I think it would be too, but that's probably the only fun. one where I'm I'll like, tell you what I want. I want Ilya Tapora. Yeah, I'll be honest. Based Both are unranked still. I think Ilya's focused on 45. I don't think that that would involve Ilya. I bet you he'd take it though. I think he would if it was a big, you know, like co-main event type spot. He might do it on a pay-per-view, but I don't know, man. I, you could fight night at main event. I want to see him with T-Rex. Yeah. That's the one I would like to see. It. Yeah, I would love. Yeah, T-Rex McKinney, I think that would be... Once again, you want to talk about if he doesn't improve defensively, that's the fight he gets for sure. You mm-hmm. cannot fight Terrence McKinney like that. Or like a Jalen Smith or, or mm-hmm. uh, Turner. Or, or Turner, sorry. Yeah. You know, you just can't fight guys. Like, and I'm just saying because those are guys kind of in that same pool, like mm-hmm. rankings probably wise of where they are outside of the top uh, 15. So it's going to be interesting to see who they give him, man. Like I said, I even think a Jim Miller would be a good fight, you know, giving him a veteran. I think he's at least due for that. If you don't mm-hmm. give him, you know, kind of a younger prospect about where he is, I think giving him a vet would be good for him. Um, Maybe like a Brad Riddell, who's got a couple losses, that could be and, but still has some good he names. Definitely strikes with him, which would yeah. be interesting. Um, boys, unfortunately, given the controversy, obviously, with this card, is a lot of the rest of this card, uh, which was fantastic, the undercard and prelims <laughs> kind of got lost. Uh, so we are good. We definitely want to talk about them give them their just due um and we will start out with santiago ponzanibio finally get a sound effect yeah <laughs> defeating alex morono via third round knockout boys monday night robbie lawler dropped out of this fight with ponzanibio due to injury alex morono answering the call on just five days notice came in and gave Ponzinibbio all he could handle mm-hmm. seemed like Morono was going to pull this thing out um, and walk away with it 
just to me seemed flat out better. Morono mm-hmm. did than Ponzinibbio through two and a half rounds. <laughs> but then uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio getting back to his old ways lands an absolutely devastating right hand from hell that literally freezes Morono's face in time Oof. and ultimately finished the fight. Um, and I'm not sure yet if uh, our year end awards on December 28th will have a comeback of the year award. But if it does, <laughs> this one will probably definitely be in the running. <laughs> Uh, your guys' thoughts on what was just a really, really timely, I guess, finish there by Ponzinibbio, because I really think Morono was just dominating that yeah, fight. Yeah, uh, and I think, you know, catch weight, last minute, a different style of opponent, because Robbie sure. Lawler, you know, he's more of a stand in that pocket and throw hands. He wasn't, he's not a movement, hit you, get in and out type of guy like Morono was was doing. Um, but Ponzinibbio, man, I, you know, I talked when we, when we were fighting or watching the fight, it's crazy to think how close he was to a title fight and how he was number six at one point in the division. And, yeah. you know, he's had some really tough split decisions that he arguably won. And to see him get this win is really good for him. And the way he did it is how we're used to seeing him win these fights. Yeah. You know, it was absolutely fun to watch. Um, Verona's got a fan in me, man. Like that was, that was super awesome to see him. Like he's just a dog to come in there late notice like that catch weight. Um, that was super awesome, but. Ponzinibbio, like you said, finally back to his own old ways. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a fun fight to see. And it just, I almost wonder how much of that played into Dana's stuff with, like, the last two fights as well. Like, we just being spoiled is kind of watching. But And anyway. that's, yeah, well, I mean, even, like, to be critical of Jan Magomed, but then not have that same criticism for Patty. No, yeah. You know, and then even be, being critical of Gordon there. Um, and one more thing, because I did have this thought, and I forgot to mention it before we moved on on the Patty thing, is, I think if you score round one and or two for Patty Pimblett, then Magomed wins round one of that fight. That's the inconsistencies with the judging that like kind of really frustrate me the most. Mm-hmm. So if you have access or you can go back and watch it, I think ESPN Plus puts the pay-per-views up like Monday something like for that. free or something like that. Um, go back and watch because I just said if there's a case for Patty in round one, maybe even two, but more sp- more specifically, if you watch both of those round ones, if Patty won round one of that, then I think Magomed definitely, based off that criteria, mm-hmm. definitely wins round one of that fight. I digress. We move on, boys, because the S is silent <laughs> as Drakus Duplessis defeats Darren Till via submission, neck crank in round three. Uh, boys, not a great showing overall for Darren Till in his return. Gets dominated in round one and a round in which I definitely thought was at least a 10-8 and until the end of the round where Till had a nice little moment and I guess when I say nice little moment, I mean he landed a strike <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. before that he was like was 60 top. to nothing. <laughs> Duplacy was pitching a shutout that may have flirted with a 10-7, um, but credit to him. Did get on top there at the end of round one. Landed some big shots. Landed some big shots. Got on a front, um, kind of a front head choke there. But um, even still, you know, Duplacy able to get on top at the end of the round. Uh, we'll give Till some credit, though. Coming back from that first round beating, he had a nice second round. I thought he won that round by just purely outstriking a very mm-hmm. noticeably gassed Duplacy, or at least we thought, because... It's never um, on E. Man, I, hey, you saw it in the Tavares fight. <laughs> right. It was the same thing, man. He just has this way to dig deep, find a way. Um, but in the third round, uh, well, actually, it was at the end of the second, um, I think, um, when Duplacy, they were kind of in that dogfight position, mm-hmm. and Duplacy actually kind of won the position and ran over Till, and Till kind of going back funny on that knee, mm-hmm. um, and then limping into the corner going mm-hmm. into that third round. Um, but then, yeah, they come out. Eventually, Duplacy able to find um, 
the takedown and uh, not much, uh, not Darren Till didn't give much fight there. I mean, he straightened mm-hmm. him out, right? Yeah, straightened him out and gave up. Yeah, his back. And, and important to remember there. I mean, the fight's one one essentially going into that third, right? right. Um, but yeah, not much defense offered offered up by Till there at the end. Um, not sure. If it came down to cardio, the injury, a lack of ability there. But either way, boys, that is now six straight wins for Duplessis. Hello, big fight next because mm-hmm. he's looking like the real deal. Yeah, and, and it sucks for Till because the second round, I felt like you've seen more of what a healthy, you know, yeah. what he could have brought to the division. But yeah. I, mean, I think he'll be kicking himself because I think even even as good as he did in that second round, I think Darren Till is even better than that. Yeah, and I thought he had there was moments in that second. I thought he was landing big elbows mm-hmm. and big shots. I thought this could be yeah. over at any I point. I rewatched this one today too. I don't know if he's going to be kicking much because didn't he end up getting another ACL injury? That's what he said. Post- so yeah, apparently as he was walking out of the cage, they said he told Bruce Buffer he thinks he did his other ACL. So. Guy that's just been plagued with injuries, man. It seems like it's going to continue here. I just cannot help but feel bad for this dude, mm-hmm. man. I mean, Darren Till, like, it, especially if you're newer to the sport, you've only seen this kind of like Darren Till where we're at now, man. Like, you just don't understand the hype. Like, everybody yeah. thought this was going to be the first, like, even before Bisping, I think, beat GSP, everybody thought Darren Till was going to be the first mm-hmm. UK champion. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of crazy, man. Um, it's unfortunate. And. I just, I still, it's so crazy though. Like we talk about, why is he still ranked number ten? Because you see these fights and you almost walk away like, man, there's still just so much more there. Mm-hmm. You know it. I mean, so much to the point that Adesanya was almost begging him to just win one fight so I can fight you because he wanted yeah. to have that matchup with somebody he thought would yeah. be a good striker with him. But hopefully, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm on the side of if if you can't recover from this and it's always going to keep happening, maybe you need to just take a break away in general. Or I mean, that's like four losses in a row too. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a massive Till fan. This one really hurts to watch. And you just kind of have to ask that question like you're saying. Like, you know, and we'll never know because he's the only guy who truly knows the extent of his injuries and and where he's at. But it's like, at what point, like, where are we reaching these diminishing with what he has to offer? And am I cutting in and out? Yeah. You're getting jazzy with the cord there. Yeah, sorry. But, (laughs) yeah, so anyway, just at what point are we uh, reaching some diminishing returns with what he has to offer inside the cage? So. No, I agree. But like I said, love how Duplessis never out of a fight. Even yeah. if he looks tired, like it just he is just digs deep, man, finds a way to win. Like I said, I'm excited to see what's next for him. I'm trying to think, man, who's up there? You know, you got Jack Hermanson who oh, he just lost, didn't he? Who just beat Hermanson? He just fought. Oh, last week. Roman? Roma? Yeah, Roman Dolitz. You know, that's a fight maybe for him. You know, two young up-and-coming, or, well, not maybe necessarily young, but just kind of guys kind of entering that contender status. You know, that could be a fun one for him. But nonetheless, he's getting a big maybe fight. Maybe somebody next. like Chitty, who came off of a loss, but he was building up. No, he's he's not even ranked. So, I mean, yeah. do play C's like. I, I, just, I keep on forgetting Till was still ranked high. Yeah. Uh, boys, our next result, Ilya Topura. <laughs> Defeating Bryce Mitchell via arm triangle. Well, that says arm triangle. It was not an arm triangle, was it? Yeah. yeah. Did I have mm-hmm. that? Okay. I wrote he went it up against the gauge with it um, on the oh, one yeah, side. Oh, yeah, that's right. Via arm triangle in round two. Uh, I mean, what just a statement win for Ilya Tapura. Beating a guy like Bryce Mitchell, who came in with all the hype, um, and doing it, in my opinion, in a very dominant fashion, um, ending Bryce's six-fight win streak to remain unbeaten. Does Tapura at 13-0. and 0, 
already calling for a title shot. I do love it. Probably not going to get it. <laughs> um, but I have a feeling a top five opponent is incoming for Tapira. Um, and I think we may even see a situation for him where guys don't want to fight him. Mm-hmm. And he might be one of those guys that just has a hard time getting opponents um, because I really do think he's that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you beat a guy on Bryce Mitchell, who when have we ever seen him in any sort of danger, let alone look yeah. like he did in that fight? You know, Bryce has one, yeah, his one moment was that little takedown at the mm-hmm. end of the first, which aside from that, man, it was all Ilya and just yeah. battered him. I mean, it was it was rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it definitely is a, a big showing, especially even just to get the finish. It's, mm-hmm. it's one thing to batter somebody like Bryce Mitchell, who's tough. I mean, that guy was eating huge shots um, and was still still fighting for it, but they didn't get the finish. Um, is a huge, huge win for him, and I do think I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be like, huh, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll wait for so and so. I mean, because or, he probably deserves a top five guy. What was was Mitchell like six? He's nine. between nine and six. Yeah. Okay, nine. Um, you know, so he probably deserves a guy in the top five, man. But if you're if you're even like seven, one of those guys five to six. I mean, you did, who would you want to fight that guy? You I know, think, and, didn't he say Ortega? I couldn't understand him. So he said he wanted a title shot, but then he said, if I just heard him say he wanted to fight in Spain, I thought, or there's a yeah. card in Spain coming up that he said he wanted on. Um, but man, I mean, anybody at 45, I think at this point, I think he, I mean, mm-hmm. there's nobody you could say, like, you could say Max for me. And I'm like, yeah, good fight. I'd yeah. love yeah. to see it. You know what he, I mean? He's, he's, he's worked himself to that level. He's just so good. He's so well rounded. Obviously, you know, whether we agree with the Patty, which I still say I don't think Patty won that fight for the record. <laughs> for, Headline Nate Mel. For, for my money, I would still say Jared Gordon to me won that fight. But given the fact that both guys did win, I mean, it does set that up. Once again, Tapira said really nothing about it. In the octagon, he did have some stuff to say. I saw in the post-fight presser um, just saying that he thought Gordon got robbed, um, which was not a robbery. I will, I will, also, I will also say that. Uh, but... Uh, you know, we'll see. It, it could be interesting, but I just think Tapira and I and I don't blame him needs to just stay focusing on forty five. Because yeah. I think he's right there on the cusp and don't go fight Patty and you know, who's bigger, longer. Yeah. I, I think it's a winnable fight for Tapira, but Patty's big, man. He's big mm-hmm. for a fifty fiver and Tapira's tried fifty five, didn't really work out too well. I, I mean, mean it won. worked out, yeah, yeah. but you know, he, he's just same. he just looks so good at forty five. Yeah. So, um, boys, real quick, two more uh, results I want to get to because we need to move on. Raul Rosas Jr. defeating Jay Perrin by submission, rear naked choke in round one. Hey, man, youngest uh, UFC fighter of all time. Uh, correct? I'm correct on that. Yeah, that yeah. is the thing. Um, freshly eighteen. Freshly eighteen, man. I'll tell you what. Regardless of you could say what you want about the quality opponent, he just went out and just manhandled a grown man in Jay Perrin who has, once again, regardless of his record in the UFC, has quite a bit UFC experience, mm-hmm. right? So um, credit to him, man, especially doing it in the main event spot on the prelims. And I thought he looked a little bit more filled out, man, than we even saw him on the Contender mm-hmm. Series. So I'm sure strength being a focal point, you know, for him going into these fights, I hope he keeps building on that. But we'll see, man. I mean, if they keep booking him right and they're willing to take their time, hopefully they've kind of yeah, learned a little bit on the Chase Hooper that. thing. Up, yeah, keep building him, keep giving him fights. You know that that makes sense for him. I'm excited to see what could happen. We might you never know. Well, what's tough is though to give him the main event of the prelims. It's going to be tough to keep if, to keep on slow building him because you put him in this spotlight now. Yeah. If you would have kept him two or three fights down from that, it's still sh- it's still showing him, but it's not putting him as a oh this guy's a mm-hmm. couple fights from making his way actually onto the main sure. card. So they have some work to do, but I do think he has a lot of potential. Last one, boys. Jarzinho Rosenstreich defeating Chris 
Docus by knockout. Sorry, John. John, cover your ears. <laughs> Holy guacamole. <laughs> Jarzinho Rosenstroik boys looking, making it look easy, first yeah. off, and just looking. Superman hook. Scary. Um, John, I mean, take it away, brother. I've literally never picked Chris Docus in a fight, I think. <laughs> I mentioned him in the news once. But, no, I mean, that was scary. I, if you're Rosenstroik, you couldn't have asked for a, a better opponent, somebody who you can hit, who's smaller, and I mean, he yeah. just, that was, I, I've, I don't know if I've seen a better performance from Rosenstreich, to be honest. And let me just say, the joke on Chris Dawkins is nothing to do, like, I know a loss is very real, and it's probably, like, he's not in a good, I mean, he's probably going to get cut. Right. You know what I mean? So the joke is not on him. We just give John a hard time because I can only imagine what more Chris Dawkins news we're going to have now. Do you? <laughs> Let us know, John, when he gets a Yorkie. I'll let you know when he gets cut, and you can apologize to him. Well, I don't want to. I hope he doesn't get cut. But well, he just said he might. So I'm sure you'll tell us wherever he ends up. Brandon, update us on our score. All right. Oh, also, I mean, tons. We could keep going with the results. We're just kind of time limited here. But Chris Curtis, Joaquin Buckley, great oh, fight. Billy Q. Billy Q. Um, the uh, the South African, the Simon, Simon. Yeah. The, I mean, I mean, come on, man. Just so many good fights on this, like I said. Shabazian got back on track. Yep, yep. So, Brandon, what are our scores? All right, John, you scored no points last night. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> How many fights did we pick for again? Uh, well, we didn't. The whole main card. We didn't yeah. get to do the Robbie one because Robbie right. fell out. I would have got a point for Ponzinibbio, but yeah. John kind of fell out. Yeah. Again? I got screwed out of Patty because I'm the only person who picked Gordon. <laughs> and then we don't. I would have got a point for Magomed. Yeah. So nothing. So John can't Yikes. win. He's at 67. I have 83. I had three points, and you have 86. You had four points. Okay, so three, wait, wait, three, six, nine, 10, 11, 12 possible points last night. Well, no, 11, they're one point. 11 because Robbie fell off. No, our three that we, wait, did we only pick for two? For we only three? picked for two, and then we one-pointed the okay, other Okay, 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 but still, like seven, eight points, and John just... I got screwed out of the, by the judges twice. Oh, don't change, John. Please, please do this. Roll this <laughs> hey, into next year. And listen, please. here's the thing. Nobody else had the guts to pick Gordon, John, and he act, we <laughs> all agreed that he won. John, keep this momentum going into just next saying. year, please. I, I I just need me and Brandon. I, I It's less <laughs> It's less that I have to worry well, here's, about. Here's the thing. If you... I <laughs> oh, think, so so sorry. I was doing math. What what's Where are me and you at? Basically, we're, we're close. you're three points ahead of me. Okay. So... I think I did the math. If you pick the same people as me, I can't win. I could lock you out. Yeah. Oh, so. do I do it? <laughs> Let's get into it, yeah. boys. I have my picks locked in. I will tell you this, and I will show my screen if you don't believe me. My picks are locked in, in my notes. Mm. I will not change them. So, this is on you. I'm glad I didn't tell you prior who I was picking. So, you're just going to let me pick, and then, well, yeah. what if I pick something you picked? And then you're locked out, buddy. That's gonna be. I'm not changing oh, my okay. picks. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't seem fair at all. Well, I mean, you can't copy him. Yeah, you have to do something a little. He'll different. pick before you because it goes me, him, then yeah, you. Yeah, I'm just saying my picks are locked in, so I'm not changing them. So if we end up picking the same, that's your fault. The same person. Yeah, it's your fault. I think I know who you're picking. Let's okay. get into our main event, Vent Boys. This Saturday, UFC Fight Night, last card of the year. Our main event: Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland. Jan, take right. us away. This fight was previously booked for October. Strickland was forced to pull out of the fight from a nasty finger injury he got from an infection from a sparring partner's tooth. Nastiest thing I've probably ever seen. Um, instead of booking Cannoneer for a new opponent, the UFC elected to move this fight to UFC Vegas 66. Jared coming off a loss to former champion Adesanya before having two big wins with a TKO victory over Derek Brunson and a win over Kelvin Gastelum. For Strickland, this will be his first fight since the lo knockout loss to current champ Alex Pajeda. That loss snapped 
snapped a six-fight winning streak for Sean. Both are looking to get back on track and stay in title contention. Both fighters utilizing their stand-up predominantly, so I'm expecting a lot of fireworks in this one. What do you guys think? Roll us into your pick. I think it's a good fight. I, I think, um, which I'll get to in my rundown, but uh, really interesting implications for both guys here coming off very unique losses. Mm. Different, but... So my the way I look at this fight is, I, I not to say that um, Jared Cannonier is on the same level as Alex, but I think that the game plan that Strickland uses is going to, I think it's going to turn out the same way. I don't know if he's going to be able to keep that pressure and walk through Cannonier how he did, how he's done other fighters. And I think Jared Cannonier gets a hand on him. And if he does, I mean, we've seen Strickland get put out by one guy. It could happen again. And Jared Cannonier definitely has a high level of power, even on the ground and pound. Those elbows he landed on Derek Brunson were crazy. So I'm going to take Jared Cannonier by second round TKO. Okay, so I literally just have to. I'm just. I'm literally trying to not pick the person you're picking. All right. So I'm. I'm fairly confident you're going to go with Cannoneer here. So I'm going to take Strickland. Um, Cannoneer's been rocked too. I think Brunson rocked him pretty bad in their fight. Um, Strickland. I don't know if he'll be able to put away Cannoneer though. Maybe. I feel like the safe bet is decision. Don't get oh, in your own head, man. Dude, this is tough. This is the last time I'm going to pick something. That's well, last last card. Uh, what are you talking about? You don't have a chance to win anything. I mean, I've already <laughs> won it even? once. <laughs> I've already won it once. I mean, yeah. I don't know. You guys don't know how that feels, but I'll go with Strickland. Um, man, I'll say decision. I think he outboxes him. Let me say this: you did win it the first year, but going into the last week, that was the only week that I was mathematically out of it, even in third place. And you've been mathematically out of it for like a month now. So chill out a little I bit. I mean, still one. So <laughs> very take that to the bank. Very intriguing main event. Uh, as I mentioned, both guys coming off two very different but equally tough losses. Um, Cannonier getting pretty dominated and blown out by Izzy, and uh, Strickland getting KO'd clean by the current champ, Pareda. Um, I don't know which one is more beneficial to come off of. Obviously, both being losses. Um, but I do think both guys are going to be coming in motivated, ready to show that they're capable and worthy of competing at that championship level again, because I think both of them have aspirations um, of competing there. Um, I ultimately am going to go with Jared Cannonier, though. Um, I just feel like Strickland's style of just pressure and constant forward movement will play right into Cannonier um, and his one-punch power, uh, one-punch knockout power, excuse me. If Strickland can handle the power, though, and stay on, stay out of the way, drag this fight deep, you know, I could see a scenario where he um, could tire out Cannoneer and finishes him late or maybe we see Strickland get back to his takedowns like he did against Uriah Hall and gets it done that way I think he had like six takedowns or something crazy in that fight um, but since Cannoneer has moved to 185 he has only lost to Izzy and Whitaker who with all due respect to the current champ I still see as the two best in the division right now and um I think he's just, when you look at who he's fought, especially in this division, he's just fought and seen more uh, high-level competition, especially compared to... In other to, divisions. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're right about that. Um, especially when you compare it to who Strickland's fought. Um, I'm still just not quite sure where Strickland stands in this division, so I do look forward to finding out Saturday, because if he can beat Jared Cannonier, I mean, he's right back where I think where we thought he was heading, you know, leading up to that Pareda mm -hmm. fight. Uh, but for me, I will take Jared Cannonier. Oh, I feel like it's going to be another first-round knockout, man. Give it to me. Give it to me. Maybe not. I don't know. Too late. That's That was your pick, right? Yeah, that was my pick. All right. Moving into our co-main event, Brandon Armand Sarukian versus Damir Ismagulov. 
Take us away. All right, guys. This one has high-level MMA written all over it. Anytime Sharukian's in a fight, it's going to be very fun to watch. So um, in this one, we have the surging number 12-ranked Demir Ismagulov, and he's fighting the number 9-ranked Armand Sarukian. Sarukian is looking to get back onto the winning track after fighting and losing in a razor-close decision between him and Mateus Gamrot. Um, personally, I felt like Sarukian didn't have to win that fight, but again, that was a super close fight, unlike the Patty one we just saw. Um, but that was back in June, so prior to that loss, Sarukian had rattled off five straight wins, including back-to-back knockouts against Joel Alvarez and Christos Giagos. Um, Isma Gulov is currently 5-0 in the UFC with five straight decisions. He's carrying an overall win streak of 19 straight, dating back to 2015. A win here puts propels either of these guys higher up in the rankings as they both continue to strive up and crack the top five. Um, another little note I had on here was Isma Gulov has one instance where he has missed weight. Um, I think that was 263. I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure that was one where he missed weight. Um, so just worth noting, um, his overall record is 24 and one. Yeah, mm. high high level fight right here. I mean, so excited for this one, uh, John. What is your pick for the final? Co-main event of the year. Well, I, when I look at this man, I think it's going to be very, very technical, um, very, very close. But I can't overlook that Sarukian's only losses in the UFC were close decision fights against the best guys, like some of the best guys in the division at 155 with Islam, the current champ, and Gamrot, um, who is a challenger who just fought Darush. So because of that, and, and the the people, the way he's doing it too, he's finishing guys. Um, I like Saruki in here, but I am going to take him by unanimous decision because I do think that it's going to be a really tough fight and real technical. Again, I'm just trying to stay away from whatever Nate picks, and I have a feeling Nate is going to go with Saruki in here. He, I think he's a fan. Um, so I am going to take Isma Gulov. This is a tough one. I really don't think either of these guys will come away with a finish. And if I'm being honest with myself, Saruki is younger, faster. I have a feeling he's going to have the edge. Um, but... I, just for points, man, I'm going to have to go with uh, Demir here. So I'm going to take Isma Gulov. I'll say unanimous decision. Yeah, I'm expecting a high-level fight. Both of these guys are extremely uh, well-rounded. I'd slightly give Isma Gulov an advantage on the feet. I just think he's a little bit better technically. Um, but Sarukian hits like a freaking truck. Um, has really good spinning attacks, really good kicks, especially to the body. Um, I think for me what this is going to come down to and what separates these two um, ultimately is going to lead me to my pick is Sarukian's ability to just take guys down and not just hold them down, but just do damage. Uh, Isma Gulov has displayed really good takedown defense in the UFC, um, but respectfully hasn't fought anyone, in my opinion, who does it at the level of Sarukian. Um, you got to remember, Sarukian is the first man to take Islam down in the UFC, and to this day is only one of two men to do that. And he took that fight on short notice. People and, forget and that. And it was a close fight. It was a great fight. Um, that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy for Sarukian to get him down, because like I said, Demir... Really good takedown defense, but if he does get him down, I think it's going to be a long night for Demir. Uh, we just really haven't seen Isma Gulov off his back in the UFC. Um, and credit to him, because like I said, not many people have had success getting him there. But we've seen how you beat Sarukian, and you have to counter his grappling with grappling. And only two guys in the UFC have managed to do that, and it's Islam and Gamra, who are both elite mm -hmm. in that department. Um, and I just don't think we've seen enough here from Isma Gulov for me to put my money on him, and especially put him in that same category as being elite. Um, so give me Sarukian, and I mean elite within like the grappling department. Um, but give me Sarukian, John. You said decision. That's yep. a great pick. Both of these guys heavy in uh, decisions. 
Sarukian might have to knock Ismagulov out, though, here. Um, so, uh, specifically, maybe some ground and pound I see. Maybe a cut. Uh, like I said, nasty elbows. Cut Joel Alvarez up pretty bad. Uh, yeah, give me Sarukian second round TKO. It was tough because of that Guram fight where Demir ate a lot of really big shots mm-hmm. and wasn't able to get Yeah, he's got out. a great chin. Like, like I said, I think... I think he's only been taken down. I think Guram's the only person to take him down in the UFC, which was, and that's his only one, I think. Maybe one other. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys, also on this card, Alex Caceres versus Julian Juicy J. Arosa. Uh, Juicy J on a three fight win streak. Drew Dober versus Bobby Green, which, like, fight of the night much. Um, right. That's going to be exciting. Uh, then on the prelims, you also have like Jake Matthews, who coming off his knockout performance over, over Andre Fialio, I'm excited to see him back. Mm-hmm. Another man I'm excited to see, Saeed Nurmagomedov, not related to Khabib, <laughs> returns looking to extend his win streak to four straight. John, let's get into the news. Going on the news. Mm-hmm. Going on the news. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. <laughs> Okay, we've got some continued coverage on the James Krause situation. Following the UFC's actions to not allow former Krause fighters to participate in UFC events, Alberta Canada's commission has lifted its ban on UFC betting. It's also being reported that James Krause is selling all ownership to his gym, Glory MMA and Fitness, and its affiliates to the Fighting Alliance Championship, or FAC. The FAC had planned to have broadcast put on the Fight Pass app, and they got removed for their association with Krause. Because of this, Krause has opted to sell his stake in all gyms connected to both the UFC and regional fight promotions to absolve his gym and its fighters and affiliates of all backlash on his current situation. He's hoping it'll allow fighters to continue to train at that gym if they want to, but it's unclear how many UFC fighters will return as Brandon Moreno and Julian Marquez have both left for Vegas in preparations for their upcoming fights. Dana White was asked on whether this fight fixing is a concern, to which he responded, huge concern, now that there's an investigation and it could be possible that it happened, which is a 180 from his comments from last week. You will go to federal prison. (laughs) No, I mean, I I just, good job continuing to cover this. Um, You're really, I mean, you're finding everything. I I just, yeah, the backwardness of of Dana, like you said, like last week it was kind of like, uh, nothing to see here and then it was just like now oh, it's the kinda, feds are involved uh. yeah but now but even still he i saw he was like you know there's still nothing that shows anybody did anything wrong but then you're like no it's a big issue somebody's gonna go to federal prison like, i i just don't understand where this whole thing's at there's so much confusion um but to be at this point you know you have to believe something is going on as well and it's weird because there is still the fighters are still supporting kraus but kraus did do a solid by getting you know removing himself from everything because right. even like that regional circuit that you know was getting some fight pass love to remove yeah. himself from them so they can still get sure. um some love and then even for his fighters if they do want to stay in that area but with him being the main attraction to glory and being the head coach it'll be interesting to see if anybody sticks yeah. around because he cannot be affiliated with mma in general anymore sure. at this point um, moving on, another headline from this week that's hard to ignore is Dana White's appearance on Patty Pimlet's podcast, which led to some conversations on MMA media, or in Patty's words, content creators. Uh, Patty making some comments on Ariel Hawani, personally speaking on not getting paid for interviews and MMA media profiting off of fighters with small interjections from Dana White, who has a storied past conflict with Hawani. Hawani has since responded to the allegations and comments made. Most of the MMA community has spoke out in support for Ariel, including other journalists and fighters. Um, and then obviously Patty with his post-fight comments um, about asking Joe if he's going to get paid for the yeah. interview and all that. So I just want to see what your guys' thoughts were. 
Were you going to say something? No, I'm thinking, well, I'm going oh. to, but I want Well, I, I guess my thought is, like, from kind of just the outside looking in, what we do know, like, most of this seems like it started through big miscommunication on both sides that mm-hmm. it should have probably never even got here, um, you know, with, like, kind of Ariel, you know, exposing the, the back and forth between mm-hmm. the two of them, the, the, the messaging or whatever. Um, but then, you know, I guess I can see it from both sides, but then from like what Patty is saying, like, yeah, you don't pay for like, that's not a thing. Right. You know, like I was telling you, it's like, there is instances where it's like, Hey, come do this signing and we're going to do an interview with you or like whatever, like a meet and greet or, you know, there is things where you get paid, but personally I've never heard of like media paying. Like, look at, like I said, look at all the people that, Helwani interviews every day. every day and nobody he doesn't pay nobody has that type of budget right you kind of you get the rub off of each other when you do something like that mm-hmm. you know like I said little small media outlet like us maybe if like we're trying to interview Patty Pimblett and it's like hey like I'm giving you guys more than you're giving me so right. I want x amount of money that's a little bit more fair I could see something like that mm-hmm. but with how big Ariel is it's like no you know you're getting rub off of that as well as a fighter and I think that's why without question every fighter does his show Mm -hmm. um as they should and then you know then to kind of call into question his like journalistic integrity i thought was kind of a little low you know but maybe you could say ariel went low too like i said i could kind of see it from both sides but well patty did clarify that what he was talking about with getting paid is he said that ariel wanted him to skip out on a paid thing he was going to do to come do something for him that's what i'm saying like i see that from both sides where they're just like well we'll miss out on it but you're gonna have to pay what we were gonna Mm -hmm. make but like what ariel will say then you should have just said no like you know i'm not gonna pay type thing. well i think the word i think what makes this more difficult is dana being tied to it because you know dana hates ariel hawani i know and it makes patty look like a little pit bull that he's sitting sicking on him which i feel like it was right he was definitely kind of brown like he knew talking about that with dana what that was gonna get out which once again as patty's podcast that's content creation. So it's like right. you knew when you brought up Ariel Hawani with Dana White sitting there what that was going to do for your podcast. You know what right. I mean? So it's and, like. And you make Patty say the things that would put Dana maybe in a little bit yeah. more hot water with a media situation. Yeah. But everybody's content creators, right. man. Like that. I don't care who you are. I mean, anybody that's doing anything like this, like that's what you want. So, right. I mean, you can't just say he's a content. I mean, that's what it is. I just Yeah, I just don't agree at all with the idea that media, just generally exploiting the fighters. Like uh, if there were ever advocates for fighters in general it's generally the media sure right. there's going to be some bad apples some some Click media members guys. in there that do sure. you know but at the same time who's how many fighters are out there like how, how do we come to any understanding about fighter pay without the media yeah or right. you know or any major fighter issues right. like that's where a lot of that work gets done so i just don't i i don't agree with that sentiment at all yeah and then to like try to put like you know he kind of tried to put that on ariel like you know you're always talking about fighter pay we'll pay the fighters for their time and it's like but that also goes hand in hand where he's bringing exposure to that and putting, you know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's applying I mean, he pressure. He did it for Patty before he got to the UFC. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's arguments for both sides, but for the most part, I'm like definitely more on the side of of Helwani in this or just maybe not on his side, but just feeling like Patty kind of went a little too yeah. far. There. And there's fighters who said that like Ariel has been really great about it. if something needs to be off the record, keep it off oh, the record. Yeah. And Dude, I've seen nothing but support. I haven't right. seen anybody like fighter wise say anything negative to my knowledge. Oh, just about, Patty and Dana. Or supporting what Patty said. So, right. yeah. 
Um, and then he's just, but then like even with the post fight stuff, real quick, he's just digging in, right? Like he's like gonna die on this hill, and it's like, bro, you're on this, you and Dana, that's it. Nobody else is going up this. Dana's hill how with you're you. getting the money though. So. I mean, that's true. They that's can get point. real. That can get real funky though. Like when he says, "How much am I getting paid for this interview?" Yeah. Like, well, okay, because you don't have a forty hour work week. So what are you getting paid for exactly? Sure. Like, let's talk about that. What yeah. are you getting paid for? Is it right. just the tw- fifteen minutes in the cage? Right. Is it the media before and after? Because maybe yeah. that is part of your. But again, that's a deep. Issue. And that's why right. I don't want to see him really dig in on this and like die on this hill. Like I really hope him and Ariel can like just squash it, get it over with, because he is such a good. Like I do really, like I said really like Patty. So seeing this, it's kind of like uh, I don't. That's kind of a stain on it. He may just take the hill and run with it, man. I hope not, man. I hope he doesn't. But that's why I, I I lean more towards. I think they'll find a solution to it, and hopefully mm-hmm. apologies are exchanged on both sides, and they'll move on from it. But yeah, I didn't really like a lot of what was said. Yeah, and you know one thing that Ariel's been good on is when people try to attack him, he's done a really. Yeah, you, I mean he has the receipts. Dude, and what he's, he's he does like, media you, so much, but I mean these guys don't do media, so when people try to call him out on it, they struggle. You best not miss. Yeah, That's what if he you're said. gonna shoot at the king, don't miss. I don't blame him. Uh, T.J. Dillashaw's in the news for a confusing turn of events that saw multiple reporters reporting different things. First announced by Michael Wanzover. Um, that TJ's manager informed the UFC that he's retiring, which followed up by confusing reports from other people saying TJ, in fact, wasn't retiring. He was just stepping away, and then he was retiring again. The UFC has since made a statement that he has retired. Following that, USADA made a statement saying that Dillashaw has removed himself from the testing pool, thus confirming his retirement. Also in the statement, they doubled down on the comments they made about Conor McGregor in that any fighter who's not currently testing in the pool will have to be in the program for six months before they can fight again unless they have a a written exemption from the UFC. Some people are continuing to point to Conor's situation as a potential reasoning why TJ might have announced the possible step away to take advantage of getting away from testing in order to recover including Cejudo. He's one that said that he thinks that Dillashaw just wants to get away from testing, which while you're trying to recover to get a knock on the door to, hey, go pee, get away from your family, that can be very stressful while you're trying to get better, which I agree with. Well, and same same thing we said for Connor. Like, why would you limit yourself to medicine and things to to help you get better and recover from something like that? Just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it's kind of of becoming the Connor rule now, this whole six month to get back thing. It's an issue. And and Connor (laughs) even tweeted, like, I'm changing the game again guys he really is and it's it's crazy uh sticking with connor dana white has made some statements on if um potential matchups for him and saying possibly a michael chandler if he could come back sooner than later chandler even saying that he's hoping that the fight can happen in, in vegas in july and that he's had talks with them about it who knows how that all plays out with this six month thing now and when connor will be able to come back but chandler looking to jump onto that um, last couple things I have is Raytheon Stotts defeating Danny Sabatello, advancing to the Grand Prix Finals where he'll be facing fellow victorious fighter Patchy Mix for the Bellator bantamweight title and a million dollars. Also on the card, former UFC fighter Liz Carmouche retains her women's flyweight title, defeating Juliana Velasquez. Uh, we have a trilogy fight being booked between Demetrius Johnson and Adriano Moraes, set for May 5th, which will be 1FC's UFC debut, or US debut, I mean. Um, and then last night, also, Tiafimo Lopez wins via split decision in boxing. He uh, he was dropped in the fight, and a lot of people thought he possibly could have lost. This is his first fight moving up to 140. Uh, and last night, also, Terrence, Craw- Terrence Crawford, much like Tyson Fury last week, does what he's supposed to do, knocks out a lesser opponent, and look for them to keep pushing for him to fight Errol Spence in the future. All right, is that it? Yep. John, what is your song of the week? My song of the week is Dreaming in the Past or Dreaming of the Past Push a T. 
Brandon, what is your one for the people? So I was hearing this thing on the radio the other day that you should set, start doing your um, your New Year's resolutions earlier, like before the actual New Year, just because it's supposed to help you get into the habit. Um, I can't t- really do that because what I want to do is my one of my New Year's resolutions is to watch every single Dana White Contender Series episode of the next season. Yeah. Mm. Just because I feel like there's been so many guys who have kind of come up through Dude, it. Dude, like everybody. So the farm I, system now. I really want to make an effort just to watch every episode. So that's that's my one for the people. I think Dana, I think this one especially, this past season with Bo and Raul and those guys, it's just really kind of getting me excited yeah. to – to watch the next one, so that's. Gonna be I will nice. say, Ariel Hawani. You know when he was firing back at Dana and all his failed projects, he did leave out the Dana White Contender Series because that. I mean, you could say it's under the UFC umbrella, but it's definitely become like its own thing, and it's very successful. And mm. uh, Dana, the UFC, whoever's idea, it, they've knocked it out of the park because, yeah. like you said, they are finding the best of the best are coming off that show. You don't right have now. to do a whole season of the ultimate fighter to get right. these guys. Yeah. Just make right. them fight each other once. Well, and everybody's good. Like the right. ultimate fighter, how many guys get in just because of their personality. Right. So that's a thing. John, what is your one for the people? Uh, my one for the people is to tell people, you know, make some time to, to enjoy the holidays with your friends. I've, I've come to love this little make the gingerbread houses now doing the cookies, little couple date thing that we do for Christmas. So stay connected. My one for the people is actually a question for you guys. So uh, speaking of the gingerbread houses, Ash found a thing where somebody made like a Christmas or it was a Christmas house, but they did it out of Pop-Tarts. So then it started a little back and forth with me and her is what is your top three Pop-Tart flavors? Um, And while you guys think I'll list off a couple to consider. Mm. Oh, I dug deep. This got serious for me because it's tough, man. Uh, There's blueberry. Yeah. Brown sugar cinnamon, frosted cherry, chocolate chip, chocolate fudge, confetti cupcake, cookies and cream, grape, hot fudge, raspberry s'mores, strawberry, and everybody's favorite. Maybe not though. Wild licious, wild berry. Are you just naming them? Like you're just naming the flavors right now? Or are these? Yeah, are those are the, those okay. are like the no no no. Yeah, I mean I'm only saying three. Okay. I just wanted to list off so you could think of the gotcha. full no, scope yeah. of everything. I think I already know mine. Go ahead. Go. What's your three? Okay, so the first... And then let's just say the three and the rest disappear forever. Yeah, okay. These are in no particular order, but my three. The first would be um, hot fudge Sunday, but I freeze them. So I do freeze... Oh. Yeah. So I stick those in the freezer. Those are really good. Um, number hmm. two for me is brown sugar cinnamon, but I toast it, and I put yeah. a very, very thin layer of butter on it after I toast it. Never done that. Oh, I do, yeah. I do have to eat brown... The brown sugar cinnamon are the best toasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just put... I'm telling you, take a stick of butter, just like... Thin, Look at Brandon. I'm liking layer. this, man. And then, this is th- getting good. Some flavor. Yeah. I know. And then the third one for me... Um, this is just really hard, the third one. I think, honestly, I can go with just... S'mores, chocolate chip, frosted cherry. Man, part of me just wants to go with like... I thought I was going to say unfrosted, 100%. Yeah. Well, first off, (laughs) all the unfrosted. Yeah. (laughs) I think, honestly, it's hard for me to... I keep thinking chocolate. Just good chocolate. Toasted, not toasted. Chocolate's just good either way. The chocolate. So the chocolate chocolate. chip? Just chocolate. The regular chocolate one. Is there... I don't think there... Oh, there's like a chocolate outside and a chocolate inside. Oh, I think think that's the fudge one. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, that's the fudge one. Well, that one. You already said that one. No, I said hot fudge Sunday. That oh, yeah. is the chocolate fudge. No, no the, hang on, the, I'll show you. Picture. Oh, oh, there's, okay. la- there's layers to gotcha, the fudge gotcha. things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I even have both of them on here. Okay. Sorry, you're right, John. What would your three be? Mine would be s'mores for sure because yeah. I feel like it has the best crust. S'mores is definitely on my list. Um, I do like the wild berry, man. I, I like it's that that berry flavor, and I love the design. That's nostalgia for me <laughs> as a kid. It's definitely like the '90s colors. Yeah, with the it's purple like Taco Bell cups, and <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And my third, it, it kind of rotates. I love me the brown sugar one. I love yeah. the the classic blueberry, to be honest. Blueberry. But if I had to throw one in, 
it would probably be the cookies and cream. Oh, it's so good with milk, too. Yeah. Cookies and cream is so good. I, I would eat all these, by the way. Oh, like, yeah. I don't, I'm that's not a, like, That's why we got so... Me and Ash were like, it's so tough when you think of all the flavor. Because, like, there's not one that's bad. I even like the cherry. Like, I'm not typically mm-hmm. a cherry guy. I will say this, and this is where me and her argument really heated up. Unpopular opinion. I like the generic off-brand Pop-Tarts. They're thicker. She doesn't like that. She thinks they're too thick. Mm-hmm. But like the blueberry generic pop tarts, yep. there's just something about them, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something about them. But yeah, I don't what's know. your three? Oh, I didn't even think about it. Oh come on! Definitely I do like the, the holiday, like the pumpkin pie ones. I think are kind of good. Yeah, See, I didn't do that. any of the holiday special. There was a lot of those. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely the s'mores for me. I would say. I mean, the, the brown, the sh- the sugar cinnamon is just such a classic. Yeah. And then it would be probably either the chocolate chip or the cookies and cream. And the only reason I would leave out like blueberry or strawberry is because. Like, those specifically, I like in the generic version right. better anyways. So, it's like, if I had to do just Pop-Tart brand, like, it'd probably be those three. But, That's, dude, there's just not a bad pick. Let us know honestly. your top three on our uh, Instagram and <laughs> in the comment for the, for yeah. the episode. I'm, I would, let me say this. I'm glad I did this. Really impressed with Brandon. Got a I little mean, more respect for not, him. Yeah, because, like, John, I thought it'd be like, oh, I hate Pop-Tarts. <laughs> And that's the good thing about Pop-Tarts. You can eat them cold. You can heat yeah. them up. You can toaster. You can microwave. Mm-hmm. And apparently you can put butter on them. Yeah. Didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. It's just a thin layer. You don't want to overdo it. I had somebody at work tell me, favorite hot, t- hot favorite Pop-Tart, toast it, and then put ice cream over it in a bowl. Ooh, mm. that'd be good. Some vanilla ice cream. Mm. That is it, boys. Come back next Saturday. We will recap UFC Fight Night. Jared Cannonier, Sean Strickland, and John is going to have a game for us and the news. John, that's a busy week of prep. Yeah. Well, you know he's not going to do anything for the fights because he's not going to win. That's so. true. He's got a lot of time. I'm yeah. not going to be crying over there like you. Like, I don't know if he picks someone I pick, and I pick the one he picks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see you guys Just be then. good. Peace. Bye.